I, I think Ivanka's doing exactly what I, you'd assume. You know, I mean, for everything horrifying about her, she's like quite astute and smart enough to be like, I'm not going to perjure myself for something I know to be like factually incorrect. I mean, the evidence is overwhelming that this election was not stolen. They're, they're going to strange new heights. I'm not going to sit back and be a Rudy Giuliani and make this whole thing hinge on potential voting machines in Venezuela getting corrupted by Hugo Chavez. I think I'm I'm basically just going to be like, ah, no, this is this wasn't a stolen election. I don't uh, I don't necessarily concur, father. But uh, good luck. Best of luck with everything. Account suspended. And he wrote, My true social account was permanently suspended for talking about January 6th committee hearings. Damn. Huh. Seems like a 1984 cancel culture, if you ask me. Some freeze peak. Kit. We're going to talk about January 6th, and if you are going to do that thing where you're like, why in the world are we talking about this? This is lib shit, Lance. You know, why did you bring up the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial? This is lib shit. January 6th is lib porn. This is all lib shit. Were you shit lib? Are you shitting or are you libbing? Are you libbing shitting? What's how much shitting libbing are you going to do? Um, I think it would be a massive blind spot to not discuss this, uh, especially with both the upcoming elections in the U.S. and the slow descent into fascism that is kind of happening in a lot of locations globally. And the Republican Party is definitely showing very strong signs of wanting to move in that direction. Uh, And the same thing with the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. A lot of people were very mad that I did very select, small, minute teeny crumbs of coverage but everyone was like how dare i don't want to talk about this i don't care and it's like okay fine but this is evolving into yet another gamergate thing and this one has way bigger powers because it's reached the normies it's reached old boomers it's it's out there in the ether so is there not going to be a leftist response to any of this are we just going to sit back and and watch as it happens before us i think i think it's ridiculous Uh, uh, ridiculous we need we need to be able to talk about these things and that's why i'm very happy to talk to you right now about me ratioing matt gates and feeling uh, very proud. It feels good, man. Uh, Matt Gates says, in a particularly low move, Matt Gates attacked January 6th committee mep- uh, member, Representative Janie Raskin, as being unable to do his job to losing his child due to suicide. Gates, this country shouldn't have to go all through that with him. What I worry about with Raskin, in all seriousness, you know, um, when people encounter trauma, they often associate a lot of the other things around that trauma with yeah. it, even if they don't naturally or or even rationally associate. Maybe so. And and what I what I worry about for the Congress and for for uh, Jamie Raskin, you know, no one would ever want to lose a child, particularly uh, no, to suicide. Of course and not. As a human being, we actually we our hearts go out to him. But yeah. I think that he takes that trauma and he associates it now with his work in the Congress to such such an interwoven way that he's unable to that's really rich coming from matt gates considering he's accused of potentially trafficking minors and uh, also having sex with children uh and uh, was using his position of power in order to achieve that accused i'm going to leave that at that uh so aoc says rep branskin is a great statesman congressman human being better than most of us history will remember him tommy was a remarkable person and testament of his parents love gates is a bad haircut in a cheap suit a feat of mediocrity given that he's here on papa's mummy uh papa's money sorry bye uh, and then matt gates replies and as woof getting ratioed in multiple ways right now number one a lot of people like my hair Number two, my suits are cheap. Not sorry. Number three, stop trying to date me. I'm married. Uh, And then I replied with, even her political career might be too old for you, dude. Now, uh, I'm proud of this both because I thought that was a good zing. And, uh, you know, someone posted this, which was the highlight of my day. Uh, So I'm. I'm happy about that too. I'm I'm fine not being humble for once in my life. Okay, I can I can have one thing. But I, I uh, you know, jokes aside, I do want to say this. Um, what is with people replying to AOC with, "Don't date me. I'm shy." Like Elon Musk did that. Like someone that makes a criticism. I should say not someone. A woman makes a criticism of you, and your reply is, "What you want? Fuck." <laughs> Like, same thing with Matt Gates. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess you want fuck. Yeah, <laughs> she want fuck. All right, moving on to yesterday. Let's watch the video put out by the January 6th committee that uh, has the new footage that has not been released to the public until it was released yesterday. Not allowed to say what's going to happen today? Because everyone's just going to have to watch for themselves. But it's going to happen. Something's going to happen. Who's 
to hurt you. We are on another side. Don't make us go against you. Understand the side. Pick a side. These are our streets. 20 bucks a picture. I hope Mike is going to do the right thing. I hope so. I hope so. Because if Mike Pence does the right thing, we win the election. All Vice President Pence has to do is send it back to the states to recertify. And we become president, and you are the happiest people. Mike Pence is going to have to come through for us. And if he doesn't, that will be a, a sad day for our country. Because you'll never take back our country with weakness. You have to. No, I am no fan of Mike Pence. Fuck Mike Pence. Uh, it's honestly, outside of the horrors of what was trying to take place here, kind of wild that he hinged this all on Mike Pence. Like, you know, the guy doesn't care about loyalty at all. Never did. He demanded loyalty from everybody, but uh, was one of the most fiercely unloyal motherfuckers on the planet. And yeah, first, first opportunity. It's like, hey, um, would you subvert democracy uh because i want to keep being president and uh you'll do it right you'll 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 do what needs to be done it's your strength and you have to be strong cruiser 50 it does look like we're gonna have an ad hoc march stepping off here there's a crowd surge heading east we love trump we love trump Mike Pence, I hope you're going to stand up for the good of our Constitution and for the good of our country. And if you're not, I'm going to be very disappointed in you. I will tell you right now. It's wild seeing it from like the drone footage. Madam Speaker, the Vice President and the United States Senate. We're going to give Ryan a warning. This is the ad right here. We're going to give Ryan a warning. We're going to try and get compliance, but this is now effectively a riot. 359 hours declaring it a riot. 55 to 50 be advised. Uh, Cal Police 1 advised they're trying to breach and get to the Capitol. That's a lot of don't step on snack uh, flags. We're about five miles out. We're trying to make our way through all this. They're requesting additional resources on the east side as they have broken into that window and they're trying to kick it in. Kick it in. 
So you have to be utterly delusional to still be pushing this narrative that I know Tucker Carl, uh, Tucker Carlson, Fox News, Sean Hannity. I mean, Sean Hannity during the course of this entire uh, hearing was just sitting there uh, trying to talk about how uh, this is completely politically motivated. This is a witch hunt and kind of stuff. And they're consistently talking about how this is just a peaceful protest and all that kind of stuff. Um, delusional, you know, like Glenn Greenwald levels of delusion. Without objection, the chair declares the House in recess pursuant to Clause 12B of Rule 1. My kids didn't have the courage to do what should have been done to protect our country and our Constitution, giving states a chance to certify a corrected set of facts. And I think what a lot of people have trouble wrapping their heads around and why this is really easy to discount this whole thing is just being an unruly mob or whatever you want to call it, right? Is that A... Uh, if you aren't studying or researching internet culture, especially how QAnon, Into the Storm stuff kind of spread, a lot of this might be lost on you. You might think of this as a collection of Trump supporters, MAGA supporters, and there's, yeah, there's a couple of militia people in there, but certainly certainly nothing that could be seen as any kind of coordinated attack. And in a lot of ways, it wasn't. Uh, the way this was working was a lot more similar to like stochastic terrorism, where you have an individual, in this case Donald Trump and other people, who are pushing forward a narrative that is riling up these people play by play. You can look at the time codes on this, right? from him uh, tweeting that out to them checking their phones, collectively getting madder, becoming more aggressive. The fraudulent or inaccurate ones which they were asked to previously certify. The U.S. demands the truth. Bring out Bring out Bring out Be advised that Capitol Police is going to start moving their resources inside. They're going to start the M4 officers first.
Okay. H208 with four members. The door's barricade. There's people flooded the hallways outside. We have no way out. So when I was streaming this day, um, I remember that we were watching a combination, obviously, of news footage outside, but there was so much inside footage because so many of these clowns were live streaming this. Like Baked Alaska, for example, was live streaming on the inside and talking about how they were taking their country back and all this other fucked up shit. I was like, you are literally creating evidence live right now. In fact, officers still remaining on the house floor, in the, on the third floor, to use the subway themselves. It's time to evacuate so we can secure the members on the other side. Copy. It's up to us people now, the American people. What are you ready to do? One more time. What are you ready to do? And whatever it takes, I'll lay my life down if it takes. Absolutely. That's why we showed up today. For Trump? You back up! Boggles my mind. They were peaceful people. These were great people. The crowd was unbelievable. And I mentioned the word love, the love, the love in the air. I've never seen anything like it. So some of that footage is obviously uh, really, really interesting to see because uh, it's the first time we saw some of it from those angles, especially the drone footage I don't think I'd seen before. Uh, I do like how they timed uh, a lot of things, both the President Trump's tweets and then showing how various uh, far-right militias uh, were, of course, some of the primary uh, instigators smashing down windows, uh, entering the Capitol, Oath Keepers, Proud Boys being the two big ones. Some of the revelations from yesterday, of course, was that, uh, you know, Ivanka uh, did not believe her father uh, and that the election was stolen. This is Democracy Now!, democracynow.org, the War and Peace Report. I'm Amy as we continue our coverage of the first House Select January 6th committee hearing. We turn now to the committee's vice chair, Liz Cheney, one of two Republicans who agreed to join the committee. Mr. Chairman, at 6.01 p.m. on January 6th, after he spent hours watching a violent mob besiege, attack, and invade our capital, Donald Trump tweeted that he did not accepted what he said was saying. That was Ivanka Trump, Trump's daughter and advisor, who spent hours alone with Donald Trump on that January 6th afternoon during the riot. She also testified before the committee for about eight hours. During the hearing on Thursday evening, Vice Chair Liz Cheney also featured video testimony from Donald Trump's advisor and son-in-law, Ivanka Trump's husband, Jared Kushner. The White House staff knew that President Trump was willing to entertain and use conspiracy theories to achieve his ends. They knew the president needed to be cut off from all of those who had encouraged him. They knew that President Donald Trump was too dangerous to be left alone, at least until he left office on January 20th. These are important facts for Congress and the American people to understand fully. When a president fails to take the steps necessary to preserve our union, or worse, causes a constitutional crisis— oh, let's just get to it. Uh, Pat Cipollone threatened to resign. I, I kind of, uh, like I said, my interest at that time was on trying to get as many pardons done. Uh, and I know that, you know, he was always, to him and the team were always saying, oh, we're going to resign. We're not going to be here if this happens, if that happens. So I kind of took it up to just be whining, to be honest with you. Whining. There's a reason why people serving in our government take an oath. That one probably didn't play very well. So Donald Trump, uh, I guess, what is it called? Socialed this morning. 
Ivanka Trump was not involved in looking at or studying election results. She had long since checked out and was, in my opinion, only trying to be respectful to Bill Barr and his position as Attorney General. He sucked. Definitely the favorite. Definitely the favorite. You know? Just straight up, like, I, I think Ivanka's doing exactly what I, you'd assume, you know, I mean, for everything horrifying about her, she's, like, quite astute and smart enough to be like, I'm not going to perjure myself for something I know to be, like, factually incorrect. I mean, the evidence is overwhelming that this election was not stolen. They're, they're going to strange new heights. I'm not going to sit back and be a Rudy Giuliani and make this whole thing hinge on potential voting machines in Venezuela getting corrupted by Hugo Chavez. I think I'm I'm basically just going to be like, ah, no, this is this wasn't a stolen election. I don't, uh, I don't necessarily concur, Father. But uh, good luck. Best of luck with everything. House committee investigating the January 6th insurrection has accused Donald Trump of staging an attempted coup to overthrow the will of the American people by trying to overturn the 2020 election. In its first hearing, this one in primetime, the House committee revealed Trump's own attorney general, William Barr, as well as Trump's daughter, Ivanka, thought there was no basis for Trump's claims of election fraud. The committee also revealed multiple Republican lawmakers who backed Trump's attempted coup, including Representative Scott Perry of Pennsylvania, sought presidential pardons after the January 6th insurrection. Now, if you're going to ask me what's going to come from this, and I think the knee-jerk reaction is going to be nothing, uh, that really depends on one crucial thing. Since I, like, I've seen people online comparing this to Watergate, for example. Uh, what turned the tide in Watergate was the swaying of public opinion. So, if if this is something that gets enough uh, Americans outraged to such a degree that they start calling for there to be some kind of action taken, well, that can sway political action in that uh, in that direction. However, the thing is, right now, Republicans overwhelmingly are in their own camp, as are Democrats. Like, it's an incredibly polarized situation in the U.S. There's a, a large percentage of uh, Republicans who do believe the election was stolen. Uh, there's a large percentage, sorry, percentage of Republicans that believe a handful of really uh, strange things right now and, uh, frankly, scary things, uh, especially as an outsider looking in. Um, so I don't know how much this is genuinely like you can already see the way Fox News is trying to push back against this like they did an entire we're not even cutting to commercial no one can possibly even like glance at the other channel we don't want them to hear or see anything so I don't know if these like you know these bombshell revelations whatever you want to call them will reach the right wing ecosystem or if the right wing ecosystem is just going to do everything in their power to be like yeah but this is now kind of the party of Trump we're not in the MAGA period anymore we're in the dark MAGA period we, we've evolved it's MAGA 2 you know and it's uh frightening and, and scary so uh, I'm not entirely sure correction new details also emerged about I fear that this is the only start next time conservatives still take executive and or federal power they're going to start doing tensions so to speak it will be like anything in regards to political tactics like I think some people, like, I don't know if you've heard that joke that the Nazis were elected. That's not true. The Nazis weren't, uh, the Nazi party was, but they weren't the, they weren't elected into full and total power. They assumed power after they had already been uh, partially elected into the cabinet. So that's one of those things where it's like, is this going to be a situation coming forward where the right is now moving further towards fascism? They've already found the group that they want to other, which happens to be, you know, the queer community. They've already found, uh, you know, what's going to be their uh, instigating uh, purpose and all that kind of stuff. So is, is this going to be a moment where they slowly move towards that? Um, this is one of the cases where the institutions of America, the, the, the solemn institutions of America, were upheld. Uh, I mean, I don't think Mike Pence, you know, Mike Pence is a fucking horrifying monster, okay? He revels in the death of gay people from AIDS. But I don't think that Mike Pence, even Mike Pence, uh, was willing to be like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do this for Trump. I'm, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do my solemn duty uh, that I was sworn in to do, and I'm going to actually bend to the will of this weird, clownish tyrant. How but again, and you hear this all the time, Donald Trump was still quite ineffective outside of all his, like, you know, bloviating and talking and uh, blah, blah, blah. Him being a car salesman was basically his biggest uh, power. But outside of that, woefully inept in a lot of ways. And, and this, while there is definitely 
coordinated elements working and in tandem with uh, maybe each other. You know, you got the the Yield Keepers, Three Percenters and stuff there, definitely coming there with a purpose. The vast majority of this mob, the Into the Storm QAnon people, they were just getting sucked into this kind of like mob mentality and they were aimless once they were inside. Like when you watch the footage of, uh, you know, the the QAnon Shaman and and all those other individuals inside, they're not really clear on what they're supposed to be doing, you know? Like they take some photos, they rifle through some papers, they're like, take pictures of everything, Uh, Ted Cruz is going to want to see this, Uh, we we need to send this to so-and-so, we need to do this. But it's not like, all right, now we have to get to this chamber. When we arrive there, we're going to find a Chuck Schumer and then we can hold him hostage. Then we have to go get that Nancy Pelosi and then once we get her, we can go find Mike Pence and all that. Like it, it wasn't just like step, 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 step far-right groups, the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers, led the insurrection at the Capitol, heeding a call from Trump for wild protests on January. Chad is spicy today. It's a good spice. It's good. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of like a cumin, you know? Six. Today, we spend the hour airing excerpts from this historic hearing. This is how the hearing began. I'm Benny Thompson, chairman of the January 6th. And it's the only majority black district in the state. He went on to talk in detail about what he described as Trump's attempted coup. Donald Trump lost the presidential election in 2020. The American people voted him out of office. It was not because of a rigged system. It was not because of voter fraud. Don't believe me? Hear what his former attorney general had to say about it. I warn those who watching that this contains strong language. No, just what I've, I've been through. I've had, I had three discussions with the president that I can recall. One was on November 23rd, one was on December 1st, and one was on December 14th. And I've been through sort of the give and take of those discussions. And in that context, I made it clear I did not agree with the idea of saying the election was stolen and putting out this stuff, which I told the president was bullshit. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I didn't want to be a part of it. And that's one of the reasons that went into me deciding to leave when I did. I observed, uh, I think it was on December 1st, that, you know, how can we, you can't live in a world where, where the incumbent administration stays in power based on its view, unsupported by specific evidence, that the election, that there was fraud in the election. Bill Barr, on election day 2020, he was the attorney general of the United States the top law enforcement official in the country. Yeah, but didn't you hear Donald Trump said he sucked? So I guess he, he sucked. He didn't know what he was talking about. He sucked. Very, very strong words from the former president. Well, I guess you're a president for life, aren't you, in the U.S.? So you have to keep being called Mr. President. That's, that's an odd thing, eh? Hello, Mr. President. Not Mr. Ex-President, but Mr. President. You, you get that. It's a lifelong title. It's kind of like once you're an actor and you win one Academy Award, you're, you become Oscar winner. Or if you're knighted by the Queen, you become Sir... I've always felt, by the way, this is a total non sequitur, but I've always felt that Dame doesn't, like, really seem fair. Like, why why do all the knights get to be sirs? And, and women, it's like, you, you get to be Dame. You are now Dame Judy Dench. Can't I be Sir Judy Dench? <laughs> Sir sounds so much cooler. I don't know. Telling the president that's my exactly bias. what he thought about claims of a stolen election. Donald Trump had his days in court to challenge the results. He was within his rights to seek those judgment. In the United States, law-abiding citizens have those tools for pursuing justice. He lost in the courts, just as he did at the ballot box. And in this country, that's the end of the line. But for Donald Trump, that was only the beginning of what became a sprawling, multi-step conspiracy aimed at overturning the presidential election, aimed at throwing out the votes of millions of Americans, your votes, your voice in our democracy, and replacing the will of the American people with his will to remain in power after his term ended. Donald Trump was at the center of this conspiracy. 
So from protesters to This is Democracy Now!, democracynow.org, The War and Peace Report. I'm Amy Goodman. As we continue our coverage of Thursday's House, January 6th historic hearing, we turn to the British filmmaker Nick Quested, who was embedded with the Proud Boys on January 6th. He was the first of two live witnesses. As stated, in the winter of 2020, I was working on a documentary. As part of that documentary, I filmed several rallies in Washington, D.C. on December the 11th and December the 12th, and I learned there would be a rally on the Mall in, on January 6th. So my three colleagues and I came down to document the rally. According to the permit of the event, there was going to be a rally at the Ellipse. We arrived at the Mall and observed a large contingent of Proud Boys marching towards the Capitol. We filmed them, uh, and almost immediately I was separated from my colleagues. I documented the crowd turn from protesters to rioters, to insurrectionists. I was surprised at the size of the group, the anger and the profanity. And for anyone who didn't understand how violent that event was, I saw it, I documented it, and I experienced it. Uh, I heard incredibly aggressive chanting, and I shared, subsequently shared that footage with the authorities. I'm here today pursuant to a House subpoena. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mr. Quested. The select committee has conducted extensive investigative work to understand what led the Proud Boys and other rioters to the Capitol on January 6th. We've obtained substantial evidence showing that the president's December 19th tweet calling his followers to watch. Nick Quested is a badass name, just saying that is a very good name. It, it sounds like a name that belongs in like an old Sierra point and click adventure. Washington, D.C. on January 6th energized individuals from the Proud Boys and other extremist groups. I'd like to play a brief video highlighting some of this evidence. My name is Marcus Childress, and I'm an investigative counsel for the Select Committee to investigate the January 6th attack on the United States Capitol. What do you want to call them? Give me a name. Give me a white name. Supremacist and supremacist and white supremacists and right Proud Boys. Right Proud Boys. Stand by. Now, back in the day, I know a lot of people were very confused as to why Donald Trump was not disavowing these groups. I mean, some people were like, well, because he's one of them. He's just a white supremacist himself and stuff like that. But... You're seeing a lot more of that now, right? I was talking yesterday about how MTG has no problem palling around with Nick Fuentes and the Grapers and John Doyle and the whole uh, America Never Coom project, uh, the Christian fascists. Uh, there seems to be an arm's length for a lot of these what would appear very radical far-right uh, fascistic groups. Uh, and there's a purpose behind that. When it comes to things like the Proud Boys, when it comes to things like the Oath Keepers, they were the foot soldiers on the ground for this little uh, attempted insurrection, however you want to label it. Uh, and the same thing is probably going to be applied into the future. There is a usefulness to having these potentially violent, potentially heavily armed groups be aligned with you. Now, you don't necessarily have to go out right and say, hey, by the way, I'm Team Proud Boy, but you can definitely keep them at arm's length and say, how about a generic statement? I condemn white supremacy. I condemn the KKK. They're bad, okay? I'm anti-Nazis. I don't like the Nazis. I don't like any of that. Those things are all bad. Are you happy now? And then sit back and be like, yeah, but will you actually disavow any association with uh, groups such as QAnon? Or will you disavow any association with groups such as uh, the Proud Boys or things like that? Unless you would have the whole Donald Trump pretzeling stuff, right? When you'd be like, I don't know. I don't know much about them, but I do know at the end of the day, that they're hunting pedophiles. That's a good thing. I think we all hate pedophiles. Back and stand by. After he made this comment, Enrique Terrio, then chairman of the Proud Boys, said on Parler, standing by, sir. During our investigation, we learned that this comment during the presidential debate actually led to an increase in membership from the Proud Boys. Would you say that Proud Boys numbers increased after the stand back, stand by comment? Exponentially. I'd say triple, probably. With the potential for a lot more eventually. And did you ever sell any stand back and stand by merchandise? Uh, one of the vendors on my page actually beat me to it, but I wish I would have, I wish I would have made a standback standby shirt. On December 19th, President Trump tweeted about the January 6th rally and told attendees, be there, we'll be wild. Many of the witnesses that we interviewed were inspired by the president's call and came to D.C. for January 6th. But the extremists, they took it a step further. They viewed this tweet as a call. The hitch is that the stand back and stand by made it very clear what his real uh, position was. Yeah, well, I mean, on top of everything else, one topic, it's kind of like, again, Trump's not subtle, you know, a smarter, more astute, let's say wannabe strongman most likely would have been a lot more clever in the way that he was associating with these groups. Whereas for him, it would just be, you know, stand back and stand by. To arms. 
A day later, the Department of Justice describes how the Proud Boys created a chat called the Ministry of Self-Defense Leadership Chat. Uh, in this chat, the Proud Boys established a command structure in anticipation of coming back to D.C. on January 6th. The Department of Justice describes Mr. Tario coming into possession of a document called the 1776 Returns. Yeah, DeSantis is, I mean, uh, individual I don't want to give DeSantis too much credit. DeSantis is still some kinds of bubbling, like, you know, uh, fool, but, like, he would be more effective than Trump. I'm more scared of a President DeSantis, that is for sure. Find key buildings around the United States Capitol. The Oath Keepers are another group that the committee investigated. You better get your ass to D.C., folks, this Saturday. Yeah, if you don't, there's, there'll be no more republic. But we're not going to let that happen. It's not even an if. It's, it's either President Trump is encouraged and, and bolstered strengthened to do what he must do, or we wind up in a, in a bloody fight. We all know that. The fight's coming. The Oath Keepers began planning to block the peaceful transfer of power shortly after the November 3rd election. And according to the Department of Justice, Stuart Rhodes, the Oath Keepers' leader, said to his followers that we were not going to get through this without a support. Uh, but Antifa are the bad guys. That's the like the messed up thing too. Is that the right is really concerned with distracting you constantly with this evil Antifa, right? I mean, that's basically Andy Ngo's entire career. That's been what Fox News likes to push out twenty four seven. Newsmax, own you name it. All of these networks are constantly the dangers of radical leftist extremism. And by the way, libs, you fucking libs, you play into that when you both sides this shit. When you're like, you know, we're against uh, both radical far right extremism and then radical far left extremism. You know, Trudeau. Does does that Joe Biden does that like you should be identifying who is heavily armed heavily trained prepared to do violence in order to assume power in your country and that happens to be far-right militias overwhelmingly who is the majority of people com uh, committing domestic terrorist attacks again far-right extremists in response to the December 19th, 2020 tweet by President Trump, the Oath Keepers focused on January 6th in Washington, D.C. In response to the tweet, one member, the president of the Florida chapter, put on social media, the president called us to the Capitol. He wants us to make it wild. The goal was for the Oath Keepers to be called to duty so that they could keep the president in power, although President Trump had just lost. Uh, and the other thing, if we're still going to be talking about libs, I need to delib myself a bit by doing this uh, incredibly libby stream, apparently, um, is that... The liberals are great in that they're identifying all the things that are wrong with this. They're making these, uh, you know, very uh, strong proclamations that we can never allow this to happen again. You also have to start helping people and meeting them. You have to satisfy material conditions for people who are struggling, especially at a time like now where things are getting worse. Inflation is increasing. What if there was suddenly a massive recession? Uh, what if there was an economic collapse? Something like that. That is all fertile ground for the fascists. That is where fascism rises. That is where people come along and can point towards the woes that is causing all of this and it happens to be gender ideology trans ideology the the immigrants coming into this country and we need to assume total and complete power we need to have militaristic power right now it's the only way to stop this uh from destroying society itself yeah i mean if, if you're just gonna sit back and and build back never because i that's not even a meme at this point like that thing just completely collapsed then yeah th this this stuff is going to happen again like trump wasn't the symptom uh sorry trump wasn't the cause of this he was the symptom of the election. The committee learned that the Oath Keepers set up quick reaction forces for the city in Virginia where they stored arms. The goal of these quick reaction forces was to be on standby just in case President Trump invoked the Insurrection Act. Did the Oath Keepers ever provide weapons to members? I'm inclined to answer that with them grounds for, for uh, a due process grounds. In footage obtained by the committee, we learned that on the night of January 5th... Man, I don't know how bad things are for Alex Jones, but holy fuck is his, like, uh, paw prints all over this stuff. Gaetario and Stuart Rhodes met in a parking garage in Washington, D.C. There's mutual respect there. I think we're... We're fighting the same fight. I disagree, Lance. Most of the January insurrection is for moderately wealthy, and there are small businesses, owners, and real estate agents there. Oh, then you're completely missing my point. Not not that the insurrectionists themselves weren't well off. Like, it's the same thing with the truckers. A lot of the truckers came from, like, you know, middle to higher incomes, so they had the ability to just take, like, three or four weeks off. I'm talking about broadly speaking. Like, if you historically look at when fascism rises, it does so under very strong economic disparity, incredibly fast rising inflation, and then, of course, people turn towards a uh, authoritarian leader who's going to solve their problems by restoring previous order and telling people I'm going to bring back like Mussolini was going to uh, restore the glory of the Roman Empire to Italy right Donald Trump uh, as a proto or neo-fascist however you want to describe it was talking about making America great again things like that and I think that's what's important the committee learned that the Oath Keepers went into the Capitol through the east doors and two stack formations the DOJ alleges that one of the stacks went into the Capitol looking for Speaker Pelosi, although they never found her. As the attack was unfolding, Mr. Tario took credit. In documents obtained by the Department of Justice, Mr. Tario said in an encrypted chat, make no mistake, and we did this. 
Later on that evening, Mr. Tarrio even posted a video which seemed to resemble him in front of the Capitol with a black cape. And the title of the video was Premonition. The evidence developed by the Select Committee and the Department of Justice highlights how each group participated on the attack on the Capitol on January 6th. Oh man, the only thing that's like good in the opposite direction is all of these people can't help themselves. Over and over, they create so much of their own evidence because of social media. It's like it's one of the few things that social media is actually like doing a benefit of is that everyone still wants, we're so addicted to it, we all want those likes and clicks. We need that sweet, sweet dopamine that we're willing to do things like that. Like if you were in any way planning to do an insurrection, why would you film that? Why would you film that, call it premonition or whatever, and then post it and then be like, yeah, hell yeah, this is going to be, I mean, I guess your end goal or your hope is that you were going to achieve some kind of a, a revolution and that uh, with Donald Trump in power, it would not be considered to be evidence of a crime. In fact, the investigation revealed that it was individuals associated with the Proud Boys who instigated the initial breach at the Peace Circle at 12.53 p.m. <laughs> Within 10 minutes, rioters had already filled the Lower West Plaza. By 2 o'clock, rioters had reached the doors on the West and the East Plazas. And by 2.13, rioters had actually broken through the Senate wing door and got into the Capitol building. A series of breaches followed. At 2.25 p.m., rioters breached the East Side doors to the Rotunda. And then right after 2.40 p.m., rioters breached the east side doors near the Ways and Means Room. Once the rioters infiltrated the Capitol, they moved through the crypt, the rotunda, the hallways leading to the House Baked chambers, Alaska streamed and himself even inside the Senate chambers. He was streaming this, live streaming. He was getting all kinds of lemons and all the other kind of, it's like the, the crypto bit equivalent of DLive. Individuals associated with two violent extremist groups have been charged with seditious conspiracy in connection with the January 6th attack. One is the Oath Keepers. They are a group of armed... All right, we've heard quite a bit of this. Uh, we've heard that. We've watched this. Uh, just quickly, if you didn't see it, because why would you? Fox News was just like, we need Sean Hannity. Get Sean Hannity out there and don't actually play the actual footage or what they're saying. Just get Sean Hannity talking the whole time over them. This was their Tonight, live stream. This so-called hearing, apparently there's going to be, what, planned hearings in perpetuity by the sounds of it. And this critical information... That's rich. Benghazi, Benghazi, Benghazi. Her emails, her emails, her emails. This critical meeting has not been mentioned one time. Not one time. Why? Because it doesn't fit, sadly, their predetermined political outcome, which we all know is to smear once again Donald Trump. It's kind of hard to say to somebody uh, that somebody wanted a riot and instigated a riot when that same person... Uh, authorized up to 20,000 troops to protect that very capital where the so-called riot uh, is going to take place. Now, keep in mind, according to defense experts, the capital would not have been breached with thousands of National Guard soldiers providing the security. Let me say it another way. Had they actually listened to President Trump, had they listened... Wait, isn't this an outright lie? Isn't he just lying? Didn't, like, didn't he refuse to... Um... Uh, send in the National Guard, and that was like one of the elements of this. So it, it was a big problem. To the experts at the Department of Defense, he did it Jack hours later. Yeah, after it was like after they had breached. Oh, what a hero! January six never would have happened. They didn't listen. They were deaf. They cared not to protect the Capitol. They knew they had 574 riots the summer before. They knew tensions in the country were high, and they didn't do their duty. They were. So yeah, allegedly, I can't confirm this because I didn't watch Fox News last night, but allegedly they didn't even cut away for a commercial break. They didn't want anyone to even have a slight chance of being like, I wonder what they're saying. I mean, they, you know, they showed some of the footage, uh, but they just had Sean Hannity talking over how the whole thing was a witch hunt and it was all politically motivated and they're not focusing on the real facts. The whole thing is just an anti-Trump smear job, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I guess, I mean, they must have talked beforehand and they're like, we can't not talk about this because it's going to be pretty massive so we should do coverage but maybe we'll cover the coverage you know we can we can have Hannity just talk about how the whole thing isn't what it seems which is uh one way to spin the whole thing and Trump well political poppy was saying that apparently they had 
20 million live viewers for the uh, uh, the actual television showing. I don't know what their online streaming was. It's hard to tell. It was so morbed out. Like every shot of every live stream showing the, the hearing was just nonstop Morbius memes and, and boomers trying to figure out what the Morbius memes were. I also, I noticed there was an evolution at one point where there was like cl- uh, clear Trump supporters who were trying to get in on the Morbius memes, but they didn't know how because they hadn't really figured it out yet. So it would be like Patriot Storm uh, 420 says... Uh, Trump 2024 in quotation marks. It is now morbing time. <laughs> I was like, that's so, that's so funny. You can tell a boomer's watching this. He's like, whoa, what is what is all this morbid and, and more? Uh, it's morbing time. Okay, well, Trump 2024. It is morbing time. <laughs> asked us to come. He personally asked for us to come to DC that day. I know why I was there, and that's because he called me there. But I. Donald Trump telling people to be there. Basically, yeah, he asked uh, for us to come to D.C., that big things are going to happen. What got me interested, he said, I have something very uh, important to say on January 6th or something like that. Oh, it's, it's Morbheads. It would be, how do you do, fellow Morbheads? Yeah. Well, the first of seven hearings by the Select Committee on January 6th just concluded, and I wanted to share my immediate thoughts, having just watched it. It's still fresh on my mind. And I wanted to give you some key takeaways. And before I say anything, before you hear my commentary or anyone else's commentary, I just want to highly recommend that you watch this yourself. Don't take it from someone else. Watch it yourself. I think this is really important. And genuinely, I believe that this is a turning point for democracy. Either we go forward and protect democracy or we don't do anything about what we witnessed and we potentially see democracy end very, very soon in this country. And I don't believe that that's hyperbole. I think that... You know what sucks is that Mike's going to be called a shitlib for this. I saw so many people, like, I'm going to be honest, a lot of the LARPing left online being like, why does anyone care about this? It was a while ago. This whole thing is just shitlib porn, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, I get the criticism of uh, people who have, since Joe Biden got elected, done nothing but talk about Trump or turn their channels into Trump and Ivanka stuff. Like, yeah, that is lib porn, 100%. Trump is not the president. You should be criticizing the ineffectiveness of Joe Biden. Uh, You should be uh, criticizing the increase in the military budget under Joe Biden, the increase in policing budgets under Joe Biden. You should be talking about uh, Joe Biden continuing a lot of America's, uh, you know, terrible legacy in places like Somalia. Um, and at the same time, be adult enough to, to also point out things that are positives, right? It is a good thing that uh, Joe Biden, in effect, uh, followed through on Trump's withdrawal from Afghanistan and finally solidified that. Uh, it is a good thing that drone strikes uh, on the behalf of America have plummeted under Joe Biden. These are good things. There's also a lot of terrible things, like the complete in effectiveness at him to be able to pass legislation that is directly going to impact the lives of Americans, build back better, completely dissolving is one example of that. There are multiple examples of that. I think he does way too much coddling of the shitty people, the the Joe Manchin, the Kirsten Cinema uh, in his party. I don't think he should ever give it to them, or I don't think he should also give it to Mitch McConnell when uh, the Republican Party is effectively trying to do so many horrifying things from uh, legislate people's bodies, not allow them to, uh, or force them to have to give birth, uh, to trying to eliminate trans people people from existing uh like this is this is certainly not the time to keep on doing this old-fashioned centrist like we gotta govern from the middle and we have to reach across the aisle kind of shit when the other side is effectively being like we are going to rule by minority rule now and if we get majority rule we will continue to be tyrants right um but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't reflect upon this and this event and recognize the severity of what was happening, even if it was a failed event, even if there was parts of it that were organized but parts of it that were just completely uh, mob rule, detached from reality kind of shit. Um, it still is incredibly significant. For having just watched all of that, if Donald Trump takes power again, it's evident that he's not going to give up that power. And um, that's the one thing that really kept going through my head. After seeing the footage again, a really long montage about the way this attack was very deliberate and planned by the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys. What was... 
<sighs> MSNBC averaged a whopping for them 4.161 million total viewers, trunching both Fox News with 2.957, 29%, and CNN 2.617 by 37%. CNN finished way ahead of its direct cable news, which competition key demographics for news programming. Adults 25 to 54 with 709,000 viewers from the age range, 555,000 from MSNBC, and 513,000 from Fox. This is a 22 advantage over MSNBC and a 28% advantage over. Is this Cos- uh, Cosmonautilus? Is this from yesterday or is this just gen- generic? Like in general, this is a fight between the neolibs and the neofash, but it doesn't mean the left uh, shouldn't care who wins. Well, absolutely not. The left has to be able to provide uh, an alternative. The left has to be able to point people towards the opposite direction. If anyone is sliding towards or moving towards fascism, uh, you have to explain to them uh, in in the kindest of terms, I suppose, uh, the alternative. You don't you don't want to move in that direction. Evident is if the people in power, if Donald Trump are not held accountable. This will happen again, and the next time, they're going to be successful. Now, before I tell you what I think the outcome should be, which I think is probably pretty obvious, um, the main takeaway for me from this whole hearing is that it is now abundantly clear that January 6th would not have happened had it not been for Donald Trump inciting it. Like, I know there's the argument to be made that there's lots of other players, right? Alex Jones being one. There's a lot of other people who involved themselves and kept pushing that narrative. Hey, by the way, we have to take our country back all the way from the Groypers, Nick Fuentes, uh, all the way up to personalities on the news who were even entertaining the suggestion that the, uh, the election was stolen. But ultimately... There was one person and one person alone, being Donald Trump, who had a choice. He definitely could have not had such a fragile ego that he's like, you know what? This election was rigged or this election was stolen. Uh, Because even people in his inner circle, I mean, obviously not Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani was in for a penny, in for a pound. He was ready to do whatever it took. Um, But for the the rest of them, a lot of people in his inner circle were telling you, unfortunately, that's not true, Mr. President. Uh, It seems like uh, even Republican governors uh, will not, uh, you know, back down on the fact that uh, this is clearly a case of you having lost this election and uh, I mean if we want to go down this weird voting system uh, and uh, Venezuela route uh, you could but it's ultimately not going to work and you shouldn't do this right Trump Trump is the one who just is like no I'm I'm, I'm gonna push this narrative the election was stolen yeah his own daughter tried to get him to stop And also, like, a little bit of this does have to do with uh, just maybe, like, the sociopathy of billionaires, right? Like, if you have lived your life, and Trump's been rich his entire life. He didn't grow, he didn't come from humble beginnings to become, uh, you know, a titan of the uh, the hotel industry. But, like, living for such a long time, uh, seeing the world through the lens of that, you know, there is just our class and uh, the lower classes, and, and they are ants, and we should rule over them. Trump directly incited that insurrection on the Capitol. They planned everything around Donald Trump's words. And the uh, the individuals who were conducting this hearing did not mince words. They used words such as sedition. They said Trump knew that he lost this election. He told people, uh, specifically Justice Department officials, after William Barr had resigned, and these were the individuals who replaced Barr, I believe, uh, just say that the election was corrupt. So this was very deliberately an attempt for Donald Trump to remain in power unconstitutionally so. And I know know that most of my viewers already know that, but I feel like this is really the first time where the American people are seeing a cohesive narrative. You're not just seeing a clip here or a clip there or a tweet from Trump here or there. You're seeing it all together in chronological order. And it's evident Trump did this. Now, uh, I want to jump ahead for a moment because they shared a little bit of a preview of what's to come on June 13th, which is when part two of the seven part hearing uh, resumes. And individuals who showed up said very clearly, Trump invited us. That's why we're here. They were reading Trump's tweets during the insurrection. They were there because of Donald Trump and because Trump failed to uh, overturn the election via the courts. This was the culmination of his effort to steal the election, January 6th, and that's specifically the way that they 
worded it in this hearing. Now, there were multiple people around Donald Trump, people within the White House who were threatening to resign, people who were trying to talk sense into Donald Trump. William Barr saying the claims of fraud are bullshit. The fact that this voting machine is uh, rigged is complete bullshit. And these are individuals who, in theory, should want to help Donald Trump because they want to stay in power too, obviously, but they lost the election. So everyone seemingly is trying to talk sense to Donald Trump. And even though he knew that he lost, this is what they say. I'm assuming that they're going to at least provide us with some more information about uh, why he, he, he knew, according to them. Did he say that he knew? We're not necessarily sure. Did he buy? You know what's funny, G about this clip is that the same crew that is so up in arms about people in drag. You no, know, you're really beautiful. A woman that looks like that has to have her own special scent. Oh, thank you. Maybe, maybe you could tell me what you think of this scent. Hmm, I like that. This, this may be the best of all. Oh, you dirty boy, you! Oh, oh! Donald, I thought you were a gentleman. And that's when he knew, I have to have that man in my administration. He's going to be loyal to the bitter end. He will literally pour grease from his scalp to defend me. Into his own delusions, it's hard to say. Uh, but they claim that he knew. And uh, you have to base that on what people are saying. Ivanka Trump, they shared po a portion of her testimony where she talked to Bill Barr and she said she believed him. So Trump knew what he was doing. Trump was trying to get people to go to the Capitol to steal the election. Now, there's very specific ways that Trump incited violence. For example, the debate with Joe Biden, when uh, he refused to denounce white supremacist groups who were supporting him, and he said, stand back and stand by, they pointed out how membership for the Proud Boys tripled. Mm. Tripled. There was evidence of the Oath Keeper leader and the Proud Boy leader, Enrique Tarrio, basically meeting together we haven't seen this footage before but they were meeting together i don't know if it was the day before january 6th or prior to january 6th a couple of weeks or so but they planned this attack trying to look for weaknesses in the capitol building you know trump they played his speech about how mike pence he can he can save us he can stop all of this i hope he does the right thing if he doesn't i'm going to be very disappointed you know that led to the crowd chanting hang mike pence and trump said and we already knew about this but trump said that, well, maybe they should hang Mike Pence. Maybe he deserves it. Something to that effect. So, I mean, none of this is particularly shocking to me, but it truly is powerful, I think, to see it all put together like this. I, I think that the people who put together this, this hearing, as much as I loathe almost all of them, <laughs> I think they did a good job here. I have to commend them for that because they did put it in very plain terms for the American people. This is not about partisan affiliation. This is not about if you supported Trump or Biden. I hate both of them, not equally, but I don't like both of them as an individual, right? But this is literally about American democracy. Out of all the presidents we've had, there has been one that has tried to stay in power illegally and against the will of the American people, and that's Donald Trump. And they kind of stated that at the very beginning because that's really important. But what about Taft? Uh, apparently, Trump's social is banning users who post about the Jan 6 hearings, according to reports. Uh, Truth Social, Donald Trump's Twitter copycat, claiming it is free from political discrimination, has reportedly banned users who posted information from Thursday's congressional hearing on the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol, in which the former president is a key focus. That's according to several posts on Twitter by users who claim that Truth Social was censoring them. Reps for Trump Media and Technology Group, which owns and operates True Social, uh, True Social did not respond for a request for comment. Travis Allen, whose Twitter bio describes him as an information security analyst, on Thursday evening posted a screenshot from the True Social app that said, Account suspended, and he wrote, My True Social account was permanently suspended for talking about January 6th committee hearings. Damn. Huh. Seems like a 1984 cancel culture, if you ask me. Some freeze peach. Seen lots of folks getting banned from Truths, uh, Trump's Truth Social for posting updates about January 6th committee hearings. Apparently, free speech has its limits, even in Trumpland. 
Uh, also Friday morning, another Twitter user reported, just put out my first post on True Social, and they deleted it. Real freedom of speech champs here. True Social's terms of service state, we reserve the right to, in our sole discretion and without notice or liability, deny access to and use of the service, including blocking certain IP, to any person for any reason or for no reason. <laughs> we may terminate your use or participation in the service or delete your account and any content or information that you post at any time without warning in our sole discretion. In the U.S. Section under 230 of the Communications Decency Act, Internet platforms like True Social have legal protections for content moderation decisions and carve out Trump unsuccessfully sought to revoke when he occupied the White House. Twitter permanently banned Trump in the days after the January 6th riot, citing the risk of violence and ongoing violence after he posted a video praising the violent mob for seeking to overturn the 2020 election. Billionaire Elon Musk, who's bid for $44 billion for Twitter, is pending. Uh, I think he's reversing that right now. But it goes to show you that all these people who scream all day about like, oh, my free speech, oh, my free speech, why are these private corporations have the power to do this kind of stuff when they invent their own ones? They're like, yeah, but I'm going to do it too. Same thing happened on um, that other one, Parler. Parler bans you if you post pictures of your own poo because too, too many people were responding to other people's parlays with uh, pictures of their feces. So they actually had to say, yeah, you can't do that anymore. There are limits to our freedom of speech here, and that limit is poo. We're not going to allow the poo. That's, uh, that's just something, something that we cannot permit. So you've just been listening to an episode of The Surf Times. And if you enjoy it and want to see The Surf Times, you can go to wearesurfs.com or watch the live shows at thesurfs.tv. And also everywhere social media is sold, basically, thesurfs.tv, you'll find us there, twitter.com slash thesurfstv, for example. It would also help us out tremendously if you could leave a good review of this podcast if you enjoyed it, either on, I don't know, iTunes or wherever you're podcasting. Apparently it does help, and yeah, we hope to see you soon. To our gods, Xander Corvus and Peyton L. Just, we are prepared to conduct many a human sacrifices in your honor. To our monarch, Tom Spiker. We are but your humble yet incompetent gestures, trying in vain to bring some levity into your life. To our Lord Trevor R., we give you thanks for this meager plot of land for us to toil away our pathetic existence. To our brave knights, Carl Wauer, Tony, DM Rivera, Resident Scarecrow, Sir Nickus, Mayred, Cheryl Alvarez, Ruben Kelly, Brandon, Words Greenwood, Nate, Hegbird Celine, Matthew Scarborough, Stellar Vision, Ariane McCarthy, Daniel Sutton, Coulter Smith, Jenna Tao, Quiet185, Anna Loves Riley, Omni, Riley and Anna, Poodlehawk, The Tim Caucus, Multimondi, Trevor Janis, Lemmy101, Anthropophojack, Saren42, Catherine, Ramon Acosta, Incosin, Agent NDN, Violent Orchard, Political Puppy, Andreas Chiringuito, Zach Christensen, Todd Buckingham, and Todd Lajeunesse. We salute our mighty heroes off to conquest some bread in some far-off land.